Steelers Blitz on a Friday here, having some fun, as we always do. Thanks to our buddy Brian Backdo for joining us from Las Vegas. A reminder, this show is not live. Moats and I are recording from the comforts of our home on Zoom throughout the uh, snowstorm, ice storm here in Western Pennsylvania. And Motsi, I think this is probably a good time because you know, we do. We're, we're, we're spoiled. We're fortunate. We, we've got a lot of loyal listeners out there who Very watch true. us Very true. Uh, at high noon when, when we're live on SNR. Um, and, you know, I know for some of you, the time zones are different, but we've got a lot of people who love to listen to the show live and participate. And we love you guys for that. But now is a good time to kind of lay out, you know, at the end of February and into March, Motsi's going to be doing a little bit of traveling. I might be getting sent to the Combine in Indianapolis. You know, we're going to be doing more of this. Let's put it that yes. way. Arthur Motes and I, we both, again, we've told you, we enjoy being in the studio because it's fun to be there together and we got the phone lines and all that stuff. But throughout the offseason, we will be doing more of this where the shows won't necessarily be live on SNR. You'll just have to get us in the loop on SNR and, of course, podcast. And, yes, this is my one more opportunity here to plug the podcast. Plug, 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 plug. Because, because again, a few weeks from now, we're, we're going to have a little – it's, it's going to be inconsistent with the live shows. So Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcast. That's the best way because we will be doing more of this. And what I mean by that is Moats and I recording from our own locations yeah. and not necessarily live at noon. But we still want your participation. We still want you guys involved. And we'll um, still make sure we try to communicate, too. If we know absolutely. we're going to record on this day, it's like, hey, man, get your questions in that you have, absolutely. you know, right before we're about to do it. So we'll make sure we try, we'll, we'll try to find ways to make it as best as possible. Yeah, but and we just want to get it get it on your radar ahead of time. You know, you just you don't want these things sprung on you, you know. Right, right. You know, it's, it's nice to have a little heads up. And that's what we're doing right now. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And we just want to be transparent and let you guys know. Um, at the end of February throughout March, we might not be as live as we often are, but we'll still be doing the show three days a week. And again, Steelers Blitz, uh, wherever you get your podcast, you can always be catching us there. And yeah, you can still tweet us all your questions and we'll take them just, you know, on our own time. Is that the best way? To yeah, put it? that's not about right. That's not about right. I think that's the best way to put it. And, and just, and just don't, with all due respect, because this makes everything sound better. With all due respect, all of course, due respect. yeah. 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 Mozi's going to be doing some traveling. I might be at the combine. Yeah. It's just, it, it, you know, the, flex, we do, the flexibility you know. is nice. <laughs> We're keeping it with the times. We're keeping it with the Joneses. If you are somebody who normally just listens live, just subscribe to the podcast, Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, and we'll appreciate you for that. And we'll, we'll stay in touch here throughout uh, the off season as we continue to yeah. roll along yeah. three shows a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And even when we're not live at noon, Again, those shows will be uploaded every Monday, Wednesday, Friday on our podcast pages, wherever you get your podcasts. Before we go to some of your reaction, because I did, I, I tweeted out earlier that we weren't going to be live on air. So a lot of you guys tweeted in your questions for the day. We'll continue to do that. We will, when we're not live, I'll tweet out these podcast links of the show just so everyone can stay yeah. in the loop. Um, before we get to some of your reaction and before we do another free agent, would you rather... I just wanted to, because we mentioned uh, Art Rooney making a statement on this, Art Rooney II, of course, Mr. Yeah. Rooney, making a statement on the Rooney rule, maybe in, in the wake of the Brian Flores lawsuit is the best yeah. way to put it. And I, I, I thought, you know, being on SNR here, being on Mr. Rooney's radio station, um, that we'd be doing a disservice if we weren't transparent with what those comments were. So here's the statement from Steelers team president, Art Rooney II. And I quote, I am not going to comment on the specific allegations in the lawsuit brought by Brian Flores, but I do want to comment on the general state of affairs in regards to diversity policies and the National Football League. 
over the past several years, our diversity committee, of course, my computer is freezing here for a second. Our diversity <laughs> committee has recommended and ownership has adopted a number of enhancements to the Rooney Rule, as well as new policies designed to ensure that women and minorities are receiving full and fair consideration for coaching and front office positions. The details of these enhancements and new policies have previously been made available. While I acknowledge that we have not seen progress in the ranks of head coaches, we have seen marked improvement in the hiring of women and minorities in other key leadership roles, such as coordinator positions, general manager positions, and front office, front office positions, both in and outside of football operations. I believe this progress has been made as a result of the implementation of many of the enhanced policies that were recently adopted. The commissioner and league executives, as well as the diversity committee, remain committed to working with all clubs, the Fritz Pollard Alliance, and others in making these efforts as effective as possible and building upon them to promote the desired impacts of uh, on hiring decisions in the league at all levels, including the head coaching position. Arthur Motes, your thoughts when you read that? Man, um, for me initially, when I read it, I, th I thought a couple of things. I laughed initially because I was like, Mr. Rooney was smart. He went ahead and nicked that whole uh, Stephen Ross allegations in the bud. He yep. said, look, bro, I don't know anything about what they were doing out there in Miami. I don't have nothing to address with that situation right there. Y'all can keep that between Flores, Ross, and whoever else was down there in Miami. So I definitely like that part to start it off. But then from there, um, I did think that uh, Mr. Rooney did a good job of, number one, highlighting some of the, uh, the pros of the Rooney rule, some of the things that we have seen a positive uptick in now, in terms of how we measure that success, that's a different conversation sure, in terms sure. of when you bring up women and minorities getting non coaching positions. Yes. But the rule in terms of it's twofold meaning, right. It's not just about those execs. We still want to talk about the head coaches. So for me, I like how he addressed the, um, uh, the execs part and the the uh, positivity part right there. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I do think that he would and he, he even says this as well, that, yo, they still do need to address and amend certain avenues to improve the coaching element, because to me, that is the, the part that gets talked about the most, because that's the part that people have been hollering about the most, because the misrepresentation has been shown there the most. Whereas when we're talking execs, whether we're saying football operations or not, because he was very clear in mentioning yep. both sides, because there is a difference between a person getting an executive role within the organization versus being an executive role in the football operations part of it. There still isn't a lot of minority representation at that level. So even though it is an improvement, even though it's a step in the right direction, if we're talking out of 100% and the number went from 5% representation to 15% representation, is that an uptick? Yes. But is it still an incomplete job when you're looking at the overarching 100% or the 85% that's still remaining? Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel with this. So even though I do agree, we have seen and we should acknowledge the pros of the Rooney Rule. At the same time, I'm not going to sit here and throw a pep rally for when we're looking at these numbers and we're saying, OK, it just went from absolutely horrendous to just gross. <laughs> like that's the part for me where it's like, man, we still have to figure out ways yeah. to improve that kind of we talked about Mr. Batco as well. But 
knowing that Mr. Rooney is still at the head of it, knowing that Mr. Rooney is still, you know, not shying away from it. He's not running away from it. Even though at times I was like, man, don't get up and start deflecting and doing the whole, well, check this out, check that out. It's like, no, still hold some accountability. Hearing that he did do that Mm -hmm. to me makes me still feel good that he's still in this fight. He's still trying to get this to look more diverse, especially when we're talking about representation at the coaching head coaching and executive level when the league as in terms of the the engine of the nfl which are the players is over 70 percent minority Mm -hmm. so that's the part where i definitely want to continue to see this uh going but like i said it's good to hear from mr rooney and and for him he didn't have to get out here and speak on that if we're being real about it he didn't have to do that at all so it, it just lets you know that he cares because for him what good comes from him talking right it's probably a lot more negative that could have come from this than positive. I'm sure it's people are going to look at him and say, well, man, you don't need to bring up the Rooney rule anymore. You know, we think it's perfect the way that it is, but he didn't go that route. He did feel like right, it was significant right. enough to come out here and say this, even in the face of one of his own members of his team, of his staff, Terrell Austin's agent speaking against the rule as well and certain and some of the holes that are there as well. So to me, I definitely like that with him though. Yeah, I did too. I, I echo everything you say. I think that's put very well. and. You know, again, it's he 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 speaks from a position of credibility on this stuff. Yeah, absolutely like we, does, man. Like we talked about Wednesday, it was everybody in this town in 2007 was reporting that the Steelers' head coaching job was Russ Grimm's until Mike Tomlin came in and, mm-hmm. and blew their socks off. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about this out loud, we all know Kevin Colbert is retiring after the draft in April. Yeah. Let's see the two candidates that have long been rumored to take his position one day: Omar Khan mm-hmm. and Brandon Hunt are both minorities. And yeah. so, you know, Mr. Mr. Rooney has, he's been involved with this for a long time. I thought that that statement was, was well articulated. Um, and I'm with you. Like it just, I, I keep coming back to this. I know I said this on Wednesday too. I think it really does give us a leg to stand on here on SNR when we have these conversations, yeah. which I'm obviously very appreciative of because it doesn't make it seem like we're being hypocritical on a team radio station. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. All right, Motsi, before we get to the tweets, let's get back to an off-season. We haven't done this for a week or two. Because no, man. There's been playoffs and so much going on. The, the, the football content guys have been very grateful towards us this year as compared to a year ago where it was the exact opposite of this. It was a lot more of us, uh, what you call it, mining for content? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the gold the, rush, the, the content gold you know, rush. The, the, this all season, it's like, man, I, we got topics, we got stuff that we want to talk about that just oh, keeps yeah. getting put back. Like, hold on, we'll get that next week because this is more pressing right now. <laughs> One of the things, now most of you guys know, all right, I produced the show, but Arthur Motes, he comes correct as well too. One of the things that he did at the end of the season was kind of this free agent would you rather where we pick two Steelers players who are pending free agents. Mm-hmm. And we say, if you could only keep one, who would you pick? You know, we talked about Joe Hayden versus Kello Weatherspoon, right? Yeah. Conversations like that. Would you rather free agent edition? Arthur Motes today, I like this because I feel like in the past, we've gone same side of the football for the most part. Mm-hmm. Switching, yep. it up, switching it up here a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. BJ Finney or Miles Killebrew. You can only keep one. Yeah. You can only pay one. Who would you rather? Yeah, man. So first off, right, let's break down the pros of both players. Um, Start with BJ Finney. What do we like about him? Number one, he's cheap, right? Now, he's not 
vet minimum cheap, but he is on the cheaper side in terms of guard pay. I think his deal when he went to Seattle this past offseason was what one or two years yeah. for I think it was an average of five mils, like five per, to seven mils, something yeah, like that. That sounds two, two, yeah. two, two, two times five sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't nothing like crazy, but it was still on the cheaper side. Um, another thing that I like about him is his positional flexibility. He's a guy that has come in and played center and guard, has started at both of those things. Um, a veteran player, right? He's not a young guy. Yep, He's been yep. in the league, what, six, seven years now? Homegrown as well. Started out here. This is where he got his opportunity and obviously returned. So you know it's a, a natural connection there. But then I also like the fact that he is fundamentally sound. You know, just mm-hmm. a good technician. And why is the fundamentals important? Fundamentals won't necessarily raise your ceiling, but it will keep your floor at an elevated level. It would keep your floor from dropping below varsity. And that is something with BJ Finney that I always have been fond of with him, how fundamentally sound he can be or is. Now, when I think about Miles Killebrew, in terms of some of the pros for him, I think instantly about the productivity. On special teams, two block punts this year. Those were huge, right? You talk about the block punt at the beginning of the year against the Bills. We don't win that game without that block punt. You talk about the block punt against the Chargers that uh, essentially flipped the field, got us in within a score of the game or tied the game up. Those are two very, very significant plays during those games. And anytime you're talking about that type of productivity, block punts on special teams are, are the equivalent of sacks, interceptions, and touchdowns for regular position group players because of the significance that it holds. So I like that. And then also... He's still on the cheaper side. I think his deal was $1.125 million, so yes. still about $2 million shorter than what Derek Watt is getting paid, what Tyler uh, Matakavich is getting paid. So in terms of the productivity and with the cost, I was like, man, that's definitely a pro for him, man. So, you know, I'll turn it back over to you. What are some of the pros that you like or some of the things that yeah. you like about B.J. Finney and Miles Killebrew? So when you laid this, when you and I hopped on this, uh, this mm-hmm. zoom conference here and, you know, like we always do kind of, all right, Hey, here's what I got for today. Here's what you got for today. What, you know, kind of breaking up the show, right? We're, mm-hmm. We know we're going to talk to Brian Bacco in the second segment, but what do you want to get to in the first segment? What do you want to get to in the third segment? That's, you know, how Mozi and I chop it up before we do these shows. And when you mentioned, let's, you know, let's get back into some of the free agent. Would you rather the two that I want to discuss today, BJ Fenner, Miles Killebrew, and be honest with you. My first instant reaction, right, was B- oh, BJ Finney. You know, like that—that that mm-hmm. was my first. Like I—I I thought no brainer, BJ Finney, right? Because he contributed. Like Miles Killebrew, it's all—it's—it's—it's it's almost exclusively special teams. Whereas, Correct. whereas BJ Finney, you know, we saw him step in and, and start this season. That—that mm-hmm. that was kind of my initial reaction. But Mozi, when I when I looked at it, when I actually pulled it up, uh-huh. the first thing the first thing I wanted to look at was, was snap counts and percentages. Yeah. Right. The first uh-huh. thing I wanted to look at, I, I've, I think I've, I've changed my mind. I I you know because if you you look at BJ Finney, um, yes, the the game against Cincinnati, right, Week Twelve, he played hundred yeah. percent of the snaps for the offense. But this other is than, correct. Other than that, his numbers are low. Yeah. He, he only played 20% or more of the snaps in one other game the entire season. He didn't even get a helmet in a handful mm-hmm. of the games. And on special teams, he, he played one snap here, three snaps there, seven snaps yeah. there, two snaps there. Those numbers for B.J. Finney aren't – it's not like he's your sixth man on the offensive line, Correct. right? Whereas when you look at Miles Killebrew, I mean, the, the special team snaps, they're in the 60-70 percentile every single game. Which, yeah. which means Miles Kilbrew's out there more than 50% of the time on special teams. 
I think when you, you know, take in some other considerations, just their cost, right. Being one of them, um, being, being the primary one, I think I'm going with miles Killebrew because like I said, originally my, my thought process was all oh, BJ Finney because he's, you know, he can contribute more on offense than miles can on defense. But when you mention those big plays, when you point out the block <laughs> punts, and then when I look at the actual usage for BJ Finney, aside from the one game in Cincinnati was, was next to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Give me miles Killebrew because we know how important special teams were to this, this, this team last year, how much they always are. And you've lost some real, you know, it feels like each of the last few off seasons, mm-hmm. you've lost real aces on special teams. Yeah. You know, Anthony Chicolo isn't here anymore. Jordan Dangerfield mm-hmm. isn't here anymore. Darius Hayward Bay isn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Derek Watts status is going forward. You've switched me. I'm going Miles Killebrew. Yeah, man. So the more I thought about it, I said, you know, we talk about the pros and the highlights of both of these players. I, I broke down the cons. I was like, man, what don't I like about BJ Finney? Well, Number one, he's limited athletically, right? He's not uh, a guy that you're, you know, thinking of in the Kendrick Green vein that can right. pull and right. down 20 yards downfield making blocks. That's not his game. Um, so his ceiling is a lot lower as well because of that. You know right. who he is. What you see on tape is who he is. He's not going to develop into a all pro or a pro bowler from here. That's just who he is. Yeah. So what that means is he's not a 17-game starter. I also don't like the fact that when you talked about his usage this year, which you left out was he's been dealing with a back injury. That is true. That is true. For, no, 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 no. For multiple seasons as well. And that's my thing. When we talk linemen, I don't like back injuries, knee injuries, and neck injuries, because those are three areas that you can't play through. Mm. And when you look at him this season, he was on IR. He missed multiple games. It was times where they were might even considering having him out there over Kendra Green, but we would never know because he wasn't available. Wasn't available. But like I said, this isn't the first time this has happened. I remember even when I was here in 17 when he started to deal with some of these back issues and that was costing him some time and now it's just continued to linger on since then so when we talk you know just that part it makes me really hesitant about him but then when I think of Miles Killebrew and I'm like well what are the negatives about Miles well I said number one he really doesn't have any upside on defense correct whereas when we talk about BJ BJ by his body type, he's not going to give you special teams, but he is your extra guy, right? A center guard type that can play in there, not a tackle, so you don't have to worry about him as a six offensive lineman. But with Miles, I was like, man, if Miles isn't excelling on special teams, he doesn't have any value sure. anywhere sure. else. And part of me asked myself, two block punts, is that an outlier or can I hang my hat on that as consistent productivity going forward? Because that part, I think, changes some stuff. If I'm looking at Miles minus these two block punts, hmm. do does that make me not feel as strong about him? Sure. Whereas right now we're talking about it because he did have those two block punts. It's like, man, it just feels a lot better. So I considered that. But then the last thing I considered was this. Uh, one of the things that I highlighted about BJ Finney was he's homegrown. So he started his career here. He came back here. So, you know, it's a natural affinity for here. Sure. It's a natural willingness to stay. Miles did not. Miles didn't have any affiliation to the Steelers prior to him joining. So when you talk about a guy having productivity, like how he had this season, two block punts, mm. that's significant. Two block punts, that typically generates a lot more money. Yeah, time Could to he- in. Exactly. So that was a part for me where I was like, could he potentially be looking to oh, flip this 1.125 to a 
two point whatever or even a three. And, and that's the part for me where I say I don't mind paying special teams, special teams caliber guys over two point five million if I'm getting one offense or defense. Case in point, Derek Watt, what does he play? fullback we don't use him to that extent but <laughs> right on tape it's been there on tape you can look at him with the charges he is a productive player we talk about rosie nicks rosie nicks what could he do play fullback right we talk about tyler matikavich he could sub in and give you linebacker oh, yeah, even in i buffalo. didn't mention big red oh absolutely shame on even me in, even in buffalo he's doing that yeah. there is hayward bay not just special teams but he was the gadget guy the reverse guy the take the stop off the defense guy even jordan dangerfield and robert golden were your third safety type so when you would go nickel and dime they were coming on the field so when i and i brought all those guys up because all of those guys got paid over the regular special teams market. Even yes. Anthony Ciccolo, you think about his deal. Mm-hmm. His deal wasn't for special teams. His deal was for that third outside linebacker money. So with that, that's the only thing that makes me hesitant about Miles because it's like, man, I don't want to pay him more than this when he's not giving me the extra productivity that those other guys have had. But at the same time, I think for me, I lean Miles in this situation solely based on the lack of availability from BJ Finney, because the worst thing that I feel like we could do is instead of going out and either getting a super inexpensive uh, free agent interior offensive lineman, I'm like, couldn't we do the same thing where there's an undrafted free agent that we think could probably give us the same level of productivity that BJ could, but also being a lot cheaper because just the rookie salary cap versus what BJ is going to command as a vet, just alone, it's going to be a difference in some money right there. So that's another part for me that I consider. I'm just like, I would much rather have a younger, cheaper, healthier version of BJ than actually trying to keep with BJ, knowing that in a sense, this is a damaged good. Because once you start having back injuries that linger for multiple years, they don't typically go away. And if even if it does go away, it's going to, it can flare back up. And once it does, you're, you're, you're stuck. And that's the part for me where I just want to avoid that. I'm with you. And you know what, too? You and I can say this because we're there. And BJ yeah. Finney's like us. He's on that other side of 30 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that definitely plays a part. And those help, they don't heal up as much. They linger Mm-mm. more. You know, it's it, it, you can come you can overcome those injuries when you're 25. Yeah. 27. Not when you're 30, 31. It's it's, it's game not changer. The same. It's, game, it's a game changer. changer. And again, Moats and I can speak about that because yeah. we're there. I mean, you know, you know, I play, I play beer league hockey every week, buddy. I take a puck off the shin. I mean, it takes, it takes months to heal. I couldn't, I, I, I just the thought of me having to do something physical and athletic at the same time. Just, oh, he about to give me a nightmare on a Friday. I don't do that. <laughs> That's not what we're trying to do on a Friday. I don't want that on a Friday. I'm trying to be relaxed today. We are uh, having some fun here as we always are relaxing from the comfort of our own homes on a Friday. But some of you were kind enough to tweet us before the show because you saw my tweet about us not being live at noon. Motsi, what do you say we get to some of that reaction? To get Man, that sounds like here. a plan. That sounds like a plan. All right. Jonathan tweets us and he says the next three months over the in the NFL is officially silly season and speculation. <laughs> While we have some of these quarterbacks personally graded lower, silly season will push some higher into the first round. I think that we all initially thought if the reports are true and Mike Tomlin and company really do love Malik Willis, I think he won't be able to sit at 20 and get him. Hmm, that's interesting. Quarterbacks always, you know, we heard 
a month ago, people were saying, oh, you might not have any quarterbacks taken until the <laughs> Saints at 18. I just don't see that being the case. They, they do always fly off, up the board, but I can't, I'd be surprised if there was more than two taken by the time we get to that. Like, I can see Pickett being gone. I can see one other, maybe Willis, maybe Coral. Mm. I don't know. Do you see any scenario where there's more than two quarterbacks off the board when the Steelers pick at 20? I mean, no, honestly, I could, but yeah. it just depends on a lot of variables in the sense of what is your situation looking like? I think of a guy like Malik Willis, right? <clears throat> and one of the things that I think are a knock on him is his inconsistencies with his footwork. It's more of a fundamental issue, right? Yes. Yes. So if you're not worried about schematics, you're just more so, can we coach the technique and improve that? Well, the upside is there. You take this guy early. Now, if you feel like, yo, we can't develop that, or we feel like that, you know, this guy's just limited, then sure. But with all of these guys in this court, especially at the top part of this quarterback class, they all look similar in the in the sense of they all have some of the prerequisites for a franchise quarterback but they all have various flaws whether this guy right whether whether this guy is footwork this guy is mobility this guy is arm strength this guy's decision making it really just depends on that organization saying i think we got the guy in place that can scheme it up for him I think we got the guy in place that can coach it up for him in terms of developing the footwork. I think we got the guy in place that can teach this guy how to have more consistent dropbacks or how to read a pocket or how to go through his progressions. And that's why I was like, I could easily see a scenario where there are multiple of those guys before yeah. we even go going off the board, because it's not like in years past, where we're saying, Hey, these three guys are definitively better than everyone. And then it's like a clear drop off. We don't have that. I feel like this class, their floor is a lot higher. Their ceiling just is limited. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's why, you know, when we're talking about quarterbacks, and this is one of the big issues in terms of evaluating quarterbacks, most people in today, they they get stuck on franchise quarterback. And if it's not franchise quarterback, easy to read, I uh, just pop off the screen talent. They don't know how to evaluate. And they say he's a terrible quarterback. When in all actuality, no, they're just a good quarterback, not an elite right. franchise right. quarterback. But when we break down, like we've done numerous times, how many franchise quarterbacks there really are in the NFL, we said it's what, seven at best? So if you're talking, if that, you're talking elite, right? Right. right. Like, like that's like Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback. Exactly. But he looks but the when, same type of franchise quarterback right. that Joe Burrow is. But when they but when people debate this quarterback class, they don't see the Joe Burrow. They don't see no. the surefire, clear cut, this is the guy. And they just assume, oh, this class means that it's terrible. That means that hey, you don't take any of these guys in the first round. It's like, no, Teams they're still, still good reach. quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And if you feel like, hey, you know what? I got a scenario where my O-line looks good. My receivers look good. I love my defense. I don't mind drafting one of these guys maybe a couple spots too early because I know, hey, I got all the pieces around me and this guy is good enough. And if I can actually get him to develop and we tap into some of that potential that we can see in him, well, now we can have a steal. Now we can have a a legitimate dude right here. So that's why I was like, I I could very well see that scenario yeah. because Malik Willis, like for me, he's the prime example of that, where it's like the, the raw talent is there. It's there. 
I don't care what you say. You cut that tape when it's there. He jumps off the but, screen. You're right. But it's like you see some of the cons and it's like, are those cons enough to make you not take this guy? Because I could easily see a scenario where a team takes him and that develops because those are fixable issues. And now you're talking about a potential wild card. Now you're talking about a potential like playmaker right there, quarterback. So but you don't why, have to give up draft picks and move right. up into the top 10 or top five to go get. You don't, exactly. have, to the, you don't have to do the Trey Lance thing and give up two or three yes. first round picks or whatever it was. Exactly. And that's why for me, I could easily see a scenario where they do have a little bit of running those guys earlier than we mm-hmm. think because of some of those things. And like I said, it's just because it's so close with them. It just comes off as when you hear the, yeah. the, the, the terms, oh, it's a down class, it's a down year for the quarterbacks. We just assume that it's bad. Down year just means we don't have the freakish elite talent. But there's still a good class of quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, he's still a good like. Yes. Like we give, like we go at Kenny Pickett and we laugh about it. But it's like he's still a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback, yeah, right. And that's the thing. It's like yo, you can be a good quarterback. The league has a ton of good quarterbacks, not great quarterbacks. Exactly. Great, and that's why I don't like to use the term "great" too much because, like we talk about, it's one of the most overused phrases. But when we're comparing these guys, you're it's okay to just be a good player in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, that's still fine. Hey, Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo is a good player. He's prime example. He was just in the, he was just in the Super Bowl. He was just in an NFC Championship game. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, there's there's you know there's more and, than, and, not, and, and, and not just one. <laughs> That's the other thing. Right. We're talking about multiple in a three year sample size. Like yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of people you, you don't say, get hey, that the as, reason they haven't gotten over the hump. But but you also don't get but you, there. But don't say he's the reason he's, he's there. You also because don't get because you've seen when he hasn't been out there a complete bump. Absolutely, man. Absolutely on that. There's elite franchise quarterbacks, but there's also franchise quarterbacks. Um, and I think there's more of that. Or just QB1. I, I say QB1 exactly. versus franchise and I quarterback. Think, I think there's there's more of that in this draft. Again, not the yeah. Trevor Lawrence, not the Joe Burrow. Not the, There's nobody that was like Andrew Luck or RG3 right. coming out of the draft when it was those two. But there's there's a middle ground there. You don't have to be, you know, walk into the league and be a top 10 quarterback right away. You, right. Can, you can still be pretty, pretty darn good, though. That You know where it gets interesting to me, too, along this conversation is there's a lot of teams – with multiple first round picks, mm-hmm. I don't think are going to take a quarterback. Like the, yeah. the Jets have two first round picks, mm-hmm. both in the top 10. And, and they're not taking a quarterback. They just took Zach Wilson. The Giants have two first round picks. They've said, now who knows if it ends up. Now I was about to say, that's the part too. That they stick with Daniel Jones. The Eagles, Motsi, have three first round picks, like in the top 16 or 17. Uh-huh. If they're sticking but you, with Jalen Hurts, you know. But, like, think about, but think about it though. You can stick with the team and still draft the guy well, though. That's, that's, a good, that's, that's a good point. Because we've seen that the as Josh well, Rosen, haven't we? The Josh yeah, Rosen we've definitely seen that. <laughs> Tyler Murray. They're, 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 teams will definitely draft the guy because – like when, when you're asking yourself, Jalen Hurts, what did they invest in him? He was a second round draft pick. So it's not like true. they feel like, man, we, we took a guy in the top 10. And we, like I said, we've seen teams take a guy in the top 10 and a year later, they move on from him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that if any of those teams truly love one of these quarterbacks, that that would deter them from taking them. Because I don't think outside of the I Jets, I think the that. Jets situation probably is the safest because you took yeah. Zach Wilson super duper early. But Daniel Jones, let's be real. The verdict is still out on him. And what do we oh, say? Yeah. As these years begin to progress and you still haven't developed, eventually you are who you are. That Jets one's interesting because so they have their yeah. pick is their pick is fourth. And then they mm-hmm. have Seattle's pick for, for the best in the nation. Jamal the Adams nation. and Jamal Adams yeah. trade. That's 10th. So if it yeah. gets to pick 10 and all the quarterbacks, this is where it gets interesting to me. If we get to pick right. 10 and all the quarterbacks are still on the board. 
See, I don't even think of the Jets. Call the Jets and say, hey, what do you want for that pick? See, I think I think you could see a scenario like that because I don't I feel like the earliest we probably see a quarterback go is I thought more so 11. I thought 11 to uh to Washington. Yeah, yeah. Because with the Denver situation, I can see the scenario where they go and just try to get Rodgers because they already brought in Hackett, uh, Hackett who was his OC out Correct. there. So I can see that scenario. But if not, then sure, Denver becomes in play. But New Orleans, I'm looking at them like, man, Jameis is a free agent. You got Taysom Hill's the only quarterback. You're not going into next season with him. You know what I mean? So I think of that, obviously us. But like I said, Washington, who do they have out there? Tyler Heineke. Tyler has shown that he can overexceed and, and, and or overachieve in some avenues, but he's still very limited in terms of Good 17 backup. games. Good backup. Good backup, right. So I don't like it. And think about that. Those are multiple teams we just named with more, all of them but one picking before us. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm like, I could I, see that I, scenario, I'm man. Yeah. I think, I think there's going to be a lot of trading – into the and when you think round and think about the free agency market right now for quarterbacks, yep. Yep. you're either going to have to overpay for somebody or you're getting the same which you already have in house. Exactly. So it's not oh, like you're worried about. Intriguing. Yeah, I so can't it's wait like for the these, these quarterbacks, man, they are very much in play in that first round, even though we don't like to think of it like that. It's like, oh yeah, they're very much in play, and, man. But you know what, too, if if you are the Steelers and you're really sitting there saying we're not taking a quarterback at twenty, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You you want teams then to jump you and take quarterbacks? Yeah, because if Pickett absolutely because there's and, more good players to slide. Pickett yeah. and Corral and Willis and Sam Howell are all off the board. Yeah. But all of a sudden, that's more people that are on the board for you. Ooh, yeah, without I a doubt, man. Without a doubt. Along those same lines, uh, our buddy Thrash tweets us and says, "What team do you think picking in the top five this year has the best chance to do what the Bengals have done?" It's Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, and then both New York teams, both New Jersey teams, as you like to say. Yeah, they are New Jersey. Um, I think I would say Jacksonville just because they they might have the quarterback. The rest of those yeah. teams, I look and I say they're still a quarterback away, and that's the big kicker. Yeah, because I like Houston. I just don't know the quarterback situation. That's my only thing. Agreed. Jacksonville, Agreed. yeah. Detroit, I think they're still a couple years away. Well, because they don't have a quarterback either. Exactly. Giants and Jets. Who knows? Maybe Zach Wilson has a really good year next year. He, I'll, I'll give him this. He, I thought he looked pretty good in like the last two or three games of the year. But Who they still got to improve their defense too down there. That's the other part with them. Yes. They yeah. Do. And then with the Giants, it's like I like Dable, but I'm not so like on Daniel Jones <laughs> and Saquon can't stay healthy right now. So it's just kind of yeah. like I, I don't. I'm not feeling either one of those. You know. I'm with you on that. Steeler Nation 920 has a couple quick hitters for us. Naughty by nature or public enemy? Oh man, um, I'll probably say public enemy. You? I'm down with OPP. Oh, okay, okay, most, okay. I can respect it, there, man. Most, most memorable non-Steelers Super Bowl. <sighs> For me, um, Rams Titans. Steve McNair, Kurt that's a Warner. Great one. Yeah, that's a great one. I, that, that's that one, man. We're obviously Dyson, getting stuck. Dyson at the goal yeah, line. right at the one. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um. Giants over the undefeated Patriots stands out to me. Um, oh, my that, was, first, that was a good one, too. My yeah. First, my first Super Bowl in college, Arthur Motes, was the Saints beating the Colts. Ooh, the surprise on side kick. And so let's just say it was the first yeah. time that I could uh, drink and party openly hey, for a Super Bowl. It is. So that one was a lot of fun for your boy, too. 
I like it. I like it. I'd be lying to you if I didn't say Eagles over Patriots because I was working the broadcast for the Eagles. That yeah. Was, that well, was and I tell you, yeah, that, yeah, that, I remember that one, man. I was, I was, Shea had just got hurt, man. We linked up to actually like, hang with him for that Super Bowl. It was weird. I was like, yo, this, this was like to watch it as a professional. <laughs> <laughs> So last one from uh, from nine twenty. He wants to know if we've got a favorite cheap wine. A favorite cheap wine? Yeah. Are you a wine uh, person? I've never had this conversation. No, I do. Yeah. No, I, I drink wine all the time. Yeah. 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 I, I drink wine like all the time, man. But trying to think, like, like a, I just like don't a twelve dollar bottle, ten, oh. 10, 10 to fifteen bucks. Bread and butter Cabernet. That's mine. Okay. Okay. Arthur must don't drink that cheap stuff, baby. So this is, I'm not gonna lie, I really don't. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. have the Photoshop extraordinary game. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, like, yo, I can't even think of a cheap oh, brand. Now you see how the other half lives over here. Don't, don't, you, don't you do that to me, man. You, stop, stop. All right, you make me sell bougie over here. <laughs> David tweets us and says, He's he's worried about us not coming back into the studio because he says once you taste that telework life, it's hard to come back, boys. Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. That telework life is a vibe. <laughs> you you heard me. Remember, I used to complain like, man, I want to. Why can't we record down at the South Side? So when I go do Steelers TV, I just go right downstairs. Now with Steelers TV being virtual, I'm like, hey man, oh, we got, baby, we got, we got, we got, we got. Don't worry I mean, about you guys can't, you can't see it right now, but Moats and I, I mean, we both got pretty cool setups. Oh, no question, man. Moats, no he's question. Got, Moats, he's got the shoe gallery with some paintings of himself. Absolutely, in the back man. Now. I got all the, the Steelers and WU hey, and yo. Penguins, Pittsburgh memorabilia. We're having some fun. Yeah, Yo, you got to have a dope little setup, hey, man. That's, that's mandatory. If anybody wants to sponsor it, we'll start streaming. If you want to sponsor we could. it, we'll absolutely, man. It, we'll start streaming. Hey, <laughs> there's a market for everything. Hey, you, you, you own a business? Sliding our our DMs. Shay, straight like that. Uh, The last one to get us out of here, Arthur Motes. The lit one, Rebecca. She said she wants us to start conducting our guest interviews like uh, like the voice on NBC, where we don't don't introduce the guest. We just start talking. They just start talking. And the the, the audience (laughs) has to guess who it is. That's not bad. (sighs) Although we're so, like, we have Carter, we have Backo, and we have Terrence Garvin. Yeah. That's about it. So you might be able to guess them pretty quick. We'd have to diversify our portfolio. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let me do one more check here just to make sure. All right. We're all good. So before we go, I've got a question for you to get us out of here. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, what's your favorite thing to watch at the Winter Olympics? At the Winter Olympics? Um, yeah. For me, probably the uh, the ski slalom, right? Where were there? Dude. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, from the top. And they got to like, because it reminds me of the games game. where it's like, yeah, we're, we're, I forgot what the game, I used to play it on the computer, like on the old school desktops, man, where it's like, you're skiing down this mountain and it was like the, the, the bear would come out. Yeah, the bear would yeah, grab you. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like the, the, I didn't know if it was be Bigfoot or not, but it would like jump out and oh, grab you. Yeah. So you had to like go around the trees and stuff. Like, I love that. And when I get to watch yes. it, I used to think of like people like, uh, was it Lindsey Vaughn, for example? Like when I used to watch her, like she used to be phenomenal at some of those events. Obviously, Sean White, when yep. he does his things, like he's going to cook. But yeah, man, for me, man, I'm definitely a, the, the, the skis, man, going down the slide. I love it. Like, I, I love yeah. basketball and I love the hockey. But yeah. also, I watch basketball and hockey. Skiing, yeah. snowboarding, I don't watch very often. Not at I, all, man. I like the speed skating, too. Like the Apollo, oh, yeah, yeah. Speed skating is pretty dope. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. E3 was the name of that game. 
Ah, ski free. Yeah, like that game was hard, bro. It was hard. No, yeah, I was I was watching the uh the opening ceremonies with uh with my daughter yeah. this morning, and it, it made me. Th- I said, oh, I gotta ask Moti real quick before we. Let's get go. Out of here. I like that, partners. <laughs> this was fun. I think this worked. I would agree. I don't. I, I don't hear anybody complain. If you're complaining, just send it a tweet. Up. Oh, I just checked the tweet. We ain't got no complaints. I think we're good, man. Everything <laughs> looks good on my end. Moti, uh, pleasure as always, partner. Thanks uh, to you. Thanks to those of you who did get your questions in. And everybody, uh, please stay safe out there this weekend. Please, please stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. As always, you know where to find us. It's the Steelers Blitz podcast or at high noon on your 24-7 <laughs> home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.